Hey, I'm Aldwin. And I'm Jason. And this is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. Why I didn't get excuse me? Can you talk louder so everyone can hear you asking me about my drugs? I mean, if we had Hawkeye, you would be so freaking embarrassed right now. Well, how come they can say whatever they want to me? Oh, it's all talent. I don't worry. I just sit on the couch. I don't want to look like I am I going to be his boyfriend. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Aldwin. And this week's episode is brought to you by the COVID. movie. Oh no. Sorry. <laughs> it's brought to you by the movie Forrest Gump. <laughs> what? Because as the seminal character said, stupid is as stupid does. Ooh, good. That's a that is the perfect intro yeah. for this week's episode. Exactly, because we're gonna talk about all things stupid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stupid choices, stupid decisions, reckless. Let's just pe- stupid people. Yeah, you know, st- stupid in this moment. We won't call them stupid always, but right. in this particular case. There was a lot of stupidity. So if you were sleeping under a rock (laughs) for the last week, we just got to the tip of the iceberg in our last episode when we shared that one of the players, Gregor Dimitrov, had tested positive for COVID-19 at the Adria Tour in Zadar, Croatia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, as you know, Aldwin, the chips fell further from there. They did. We recorded last Sunday, and um, little did we know, as you just said, the chips just kind of fell out of the bag. Yeah, We're not, talk- not, not like- talking about my cheesy chips. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> yeah, like what, what's a stupid flavor of chips? Like dill pickle. All of the dill pickle chips fell out of the bag, and the first weird stupid chip that fell out was Borna Chorich who was also a participant of the Adria tour he tested positive for COVID the next day so he posted actually this was pretty funny because Jason and I after we recorded last week we just kept on texting each other about you know what had what had gone on uh, Grigor testing positive and then immediately I think it was in the morning sometime in the morning I found out that Borna had tested positive and I texted texted you immediately and he it seemed like he wrote his um message on his ig on like his notepad (laughs) yes as did zverev ah that's right yeah that's right and just officially for everyone to know borna's official statement on his um ig reads hi everyone like hi everyone (laughs) (laughs) hey guys what's up just wanted to let you know so anyway so he says i wanted to inform you all that i tested positive for covid19 i want to make sure anyone who has been in contact with me during the last few days gets tested i am really sorry i'm really sorry (laughs) for any for any harm i might have caused i'm feeling well and don't have any symptoms. Okay, this is something that I'm going to ask you a question about later. <laughs> because this whole symptoms talk really effing bothers me. Yeah. I mean, please, please, please everybody else get tested. But I'm feeling well. <laughs> P- 
please stay safe and healthy. Lots of love. Kisses. Okay, he doesn't say he doesn't say kisses. <laughs> Lots of love. Please stay safe and healthy. Which <sighs> if we rewind a week and a half earlier, maybe everybody could have. Right. Right. Yeah. Everyone could have stayed in their in their homes and practiced with the people in their bubble. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> so yes, Chorich was the last opponent, I believe, of Dimitrov on the Saturday at the event. Uh, makes sense. So maybe at the net after the match they got a little huggy, a little kissy. <laughs> A little tickle, oh, they... a little, a little tickle in the nether region. Yes, exactly. So that that <laughs> happened on the Monday, and mm-hmm. then it, and then so it goes. And do you have the? Do you actually have the chronology? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, as we chatted about prepping for this episode, I, I prepared all of the notes. Thank God, there's someone on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the next player, Serbian, Victor Troitsky. And his right. wife tested positive. And unlike all of the other players who did or did not test positive and were remorseful, he didn't post anything on his Instagram. Maybe mm-hmm. because he doesn't he does not have enough followers. No. No offense. I even forgot that he was there. I kept on looking at the photos of the players that participated. I'm like, who is that guy? Oh yeah, yeah, Troitsky. Yeah. You. But I mean, that doesn't that doesn't take away from the fact that we do honestly feel horrible that you contracted COVID. Yeah. So he was next in line and then the big, the big cheese, the big, the big fromage himself. Yeah. And so what I'm, I think I'm most remorseful about in this instance is that we, a few weeks ago on our podcast offered, and you know, we made a call out for anybody who could or had the resources to send a helicopter to save Yelena. <laughs> and we could we couldn't we couldn't make it happen. And this is the result. A few weeks ago when we asked for that, we obviously did it in a joking manner, but this time around we do want to send a real helicopter to save her ass. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a bit too late because Novak Djokovic, the number one player in the world, the ATP Tour Player Council president, and his wife, Yelena, tested positive for COVID-19. It's cray. Yeah. It's cray cray. Yeah. And I think, you know, everybody, and we're, we're going to get into this, there was a lot of discussion on social media and there was calling out of players and people obviously rightfully so or not opinions are out they're going to put the blame on Novak because he presented this Adria tour as a return of tennis in some way not only to the the Balkan region but generally um, after the shutdown assumed it was safe allowed the authority what the authorities had said about the region and uh, to sort of inform how they orchestrated the event and no physical distancing, none of that. So here we are. Can, can we just go back to his statement for a second? Sure. So, Do you have that? I, I don't, but I remember 
part parts of what he said. Maybe you can pull it up. I don't know in, in the meantime, because there was definitely something about his statement that bothered me. So when the big fromage came out and said that he had tested positive um, with his wife, he said something along the lines of, you know, we recreated the Adria tour to get people together um, to show our support, to bring tennis back together um, as a charity event, um, to raise awareness for, you know, causes and also to raise money for children, which is all well and good. But I don't know, maybe I have a personal bias, but Novak always seems to do things for the adulation of others. Like he feeds off of people loving him. And so in this scenario, it almost sounds like, guys, listen, I really tried my best to make everyone so happy. And, you know, if that's okay that I filled a stadium filled with 4,000 people and had like some of my best friends like contract COVID, but I did it for a good reason, right? Like, <laughs> oh, I'm so irritated. <laughs> I'm so irritated beyond belief. Yeah. So he said, hi, everyone. Or, or sorry, excuse me. <laughs> hi, everyone. <laughs> We're back in Belgrade, and I've tested positive for COVID-19, as well as Yelena. Oh, if only we had acted. The kids have <laughs> the kids have tested negative, thankfully. That's great. Yeah, that is uh, We great. will remain in self-isolation for the next 14 days and repeat the test in five days. I am so deeply sorry our tournament has caused harm. Everything the organizers and I did the past month... We did with a pure heart and sincere intentions. We believed the tournament met all health protocols and the health of our region seemed in good condition to finally unite people for philanthropic reasons. We were wrong and it was too soon. I can't express enough how sorry I am for this and every case of infection. I, If you attended Adria Tour or were around any attendees, please get tested and practice social distancing. For those in Belgrade and Zadar, we will be sharing health resources in the immediate future. Mm. Immediate future. Hmm. <laughs> the rest of the tournament has been canceled and we will remain focused on all those who have been affected. I pray for everyone's full recovery. End of statement. End of statement. There you have it, folks. I think what is what is most challenging in this regard as well is... He did not get tested when he was in Zadar. He decided instead to get on a plane, go home, and land in Serbia and Belgrade and then get tested, which I think is like against all of the sort of rules and protocols of what should happen in terms of avoiding spreading it. That's that's so shocking that would come from him. I mean, it's not as if he played with a person in Spain, practice person in Spain that wasn't part of his bubble. I mean, Novak following the rules, like that's <laughs> that's so shocking. <laughs> so that was, uh, I think, uh, a wake up call. Despite you know the three other players who tested positive, mm -hmm. and then Gregor's <laughs> coach tested positive. Novak's fitness coach tested positive and then the guy who made the speech in Zadar announcing the cancellation of the tour oh, God. who received the booze and said why are God. you booing me I'm not the one who tested positive for COVID Goran oh man oh Z Goran Zaddy himself 
Zaddy himself. So yes, after all of those other people, and I don't want to, you know, minimize those people that tested positive. But yes, like Jason said, Goran came out and he announced that he had tested positive and he says, quote, unfortunately, after two negative tests in the last 10 days, I've just found that I tested positive for COVID-19. I feel good and don't have symptoms. There we go again. I feel good and don't have symptoms. Bitch, where have you been? Like, do you not know what pre-symptomatic and asymptomatic means? Like, you could not have any symptoms, but still carry the virus anyway. We're, I, I want to know what your opinion about that is in a second. To continue with his quote, I would like to inform everyone who has been in contact with me that I tested positive and asked them to take extra, guys, take extra good care of yourself. Like, extra, extra good. Like, wear two masks, stay at home, you know. And, and their loved ones. I will continue to self-isolate as I have been doing already. I wish everyone who got infected a speedy recovery. End quote. <laughs> End of quote. Like, uh, well, okay, what do you, th- uh, sorry, I, I, I just have to ask you, what do you think about the, all of these players that tested positive, they, they make mention of the fact that they don't have, they didn't have any symptoms and they don't feel sick. Like, didn't that trigger something in you when you read it? Yeah, I think it's, it speaks to the fact that if they didn't wear the mask over their face, they were wearing it over their eyeballs because (laughs) (laughs) good one. Because this is what we've known about this virus since, you know, since March here in North America and earlier in Europe is that you can have the virus and not know that you have it, which is why, the idea of physical distancing works, which is why the idea of wearing a mask works, which is why all of these things, despite there being lower case counts in those regions, should have been implemented if you wanted to be seen as doing something good, but doing it safely and for the health and well-being of the players, the volunteers, the ball kids, the referees, and the fans, and making masks mandatory and accommodating 30% of spectators in the uh, arena. Yeah. It seems simple. It seems simple. But as Boris Becker said, he's 30 and wants to be with his friends. Boris, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, There's actually a couple of, a couple of players that came out. I wouldn't say in support of Novak, but defended him at the very least. You know, so, yeah, and Boris is a former coach, so uh, helped right. him win during their tenure together. He won six Grand Slams. So, Boris, in addition to a mask, perhaps wear a muzzle. Yeah, come on, man, or or go back go back to getting your extended dental surgery. <laughs> I mean, you, you the the puffiness on your face is so evident. Like, who's your doctor? <laughs> <laughs> So who else said, you know, there was some call outs from from other players on the ATP. Do you want to rattle those off? Sure. So um, I think the first person to break their silence about this whole situation is our I was going to say our good friend. He's really not our good friend, but um, he's just so dramatic and queenly is what's his face? Kyrgios. So Kyrgios essentially called. I thought it, I thought initially, or maybe it was you know how the remark had stuck in my head, but I thought that he called Novak a bonehead 
which would have been more appropriate. But he said that the decision to host the Adria tour and host 4,000 people was a boneheaded decision. So, yeah. you know, very eloquent coming from King Kyrgios. I think the perhaps more eloquent and um, reserved than it could have been. <laughs> so I give yes. him I give him kudos for sort of practicing restraint. Yes, practicing rest restraint <laughs> and you know commentary distancing. Right. <laughs> Chris Everett, she came out, and you know Chris Everett usually being a tennis commentator and being she's always to me been very neutral, even when it comes to other players making not the best decisions. So she she said, quote about the Adria tour total physical contact no face masks even the fans were even the fans with the fans were without masks i don't get it i mean that's kind of a statement non-statement but for her to say i don't get it means like bitch you're dumb like why'd you do that right yeah. Yeah. andy rot andy rodick um so on twitter he had he saw a picture of all of the players participating at the Adria tour and his former coach was he his former coach, Brad Gilbert? Do you remember? Brad Gilbert was Roddick's former. Yeah, that is maybe a good question. not. I don't. I don't know. I know he he coached Agassi. Mm. Anyway, so Brad Gilbert had made a comment on that picture first and said, "Oh, everyone should get tested." After Grigor came out and tested positive, and Andy uh, posted on his Twitter, "Apparently, there's a pandemic," and he has been one of the players that's been very vocal about practicing social distancing and wearing masks so he wasn't having it either yeah you know who also was not having it oh was serge Sir, i don't know how to pronounce his name Serjan Djokovic. oh father, daddy father of novak zaddy who, who had some choice words and accusations for gregor dimitrov how did the the infection come about probably because dimitrov came sick who knows where? He was not tested in Zadar, but somewhere else. I don't think that's right. How dare what? you, Dimitrov, come <laughs> asymptomatic how? and spread it to everybody? How, how dare you participate in a tournament with 4,000 people that Novak organized himself and masterminded and brought your virus and spread it to everybody? <laughs> In in in, we'll add that to the catalog of stupid things Novak's dad has said. I know. You know what? It, uh, to be honest, I said this to you earlier. The fact that what's his first name? Certain. Certain. There's a lot of consonants and a single vowel. It's like I see playing Wheel of Fortune. Okay. No. No disrespect. I don't know how to pronounce your name, but Djokovic's daddy. His your zaddy. Um, it, it's no wonder to me why Djokovic acts, acts the way he does. No wonder that Djokovic acts like he's invincible, that no rules apply to him, that he thinks he can change the chemical composition of water and other foods. Like, dad has made him think that he is invincible. And this comment, I think, speaks perfectly to that. Mm -hmm. Don't Like, don't you think? Well, I mean, it it's added now to the comment where he said <laughs> Federer doesn't want to retire because he doesn't want... Djokovic to catch up to him which right. is just silly I mean the guy is approaching 40 and he's still competing at, at the top level made the Wimbledon final almost won in 2019 against your son so slow your roll 
So you're real, girl. Come on. Yeah. Maybe there's a two-for-one pack on muzzles that you and Boris can share. <laughs> Go to the um, – I know where you can find muzzles and <laughs> on Church Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Stores are open on Church Street now. You'll find some some appropriate gear for your – for your you know dual muzzling i just wanted to share actually i found this this morning i shared it with jason before we recorded but you know all of the stuff that we're talking about i mean in a hypothetical world yes there could have been transmission and you know it definitely was an unsafe situation for all of the participants and spectators but news came out and this is this news is from croatia times saying that of the participants of the fans that came out to um, spectate the event, 82 people um, took it upon themselves to get tested. And according to this news source, one of those, um, one of those 82 people ended up testing positive. And the person that tested positive was a five-year-old child. And when they did some contact tracing, they found out that that child, um, ended up contracting the virus at a family gathering from a person that was hanging out with the tennis players, the entourage. So that shit is real, bro. Like, you know, it's, it, it's a five-year-old kid. I mean, thank goodness that this virus doesn't affect children as much as it affects adults because otherwise this would have been exponentially even more worse for you. You know, but the fact that it was a kid that contracted it, I mean, I was actually surprised that there wasn't more press about that mm-hmm. because that would have just turned this whole situation on, on its head. Yeah, and I, I mean, what is positive about this situation other than the COVID is the fact that for these players who have tested positive, they have extraordinary resources extraordinary capabilities to you know become healthy and recover and hopefully have the same capacity with their lungs and their health that they would have before contracting it but that's not necessarily the case for everybody else so and Mm. the article that you shared and that you just read from was actually from prior to Djokovic uh, confirming that he was positive. So I wonder how many of the people who attended the event have been tested since then. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll we'll keep an eye out for, we'll for keep, some articles. Yeah. St- keep it tuned in here, y'all. <laughs> so we we, ha- we have become sorry, I don't know if this was the segue that you're going to make, but you know, we posted a comment on Zverev's official statement when he tested negative and someone trolled like all of the trolls from underneath the the ground came out to destroy us and we were called by one person branch covidian czars. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if you're if we're going to take a title yeah, if you want to tune in for like the co- latest COVID updates, listen to the branch COVIDian czars over here at the Ready Play Tennis podcast. <laughs> that's us. <laughs> wow, that's wow. Like czar, not even like like we're czars. That's you, I, and that I, reference I is just so terrible. Do you I know. you know where that reference comes from? That's like wow. We're, we're apparently we're cultish. That's oh. sort of yeah. The Branch Davidian compound where all of those people self-sacrifice. Oh, see, yeah. I, I didn't, didn't get know that, that reference. Yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah. What a what a 
troll. Yeah. Ew. And we were also trolled on on Zverev's <laughs> Zverev's <laughs> IG by people, you know, just basically telling us to shut the f up. Yeah. Multiple yeah. people. So okay because you're so good at this give give me context zverev released a statement on monday did he not zverev released his statement using the notes app as well <laughs> to he say, really thought about it yeah while, while he was lying in his bed <laughs> yes. he was he was go- he was swiping back and forth from playing candy crush <laughs> so he has said i have just received the news that my team and I have tested negative for COVID-19. So hopefully he's gotten tested a couple more times and he won't follow the Goron track of mm. testing positive later. I deeply apologize to anyone that I have potentially put at risk by playing this tour. I will proceed to follow the self-isolating guidelines advised by our doctors. As an added precaution, my team and I will continue regular testing. I wish everyone who has tested positive a speedy recovery stay safe stay safe stay safe so that came out monday i believe and Mm. you you know graciously let him know that we're very pleased that he tested negative but to remember that he as a top player in the world is setting an example for others and in particular kids who look up to him and want to perhaps become him in the future and that is where it devolved yes i mean whenever i whenever i post on our ready play tennis podcast i'm very mindful that i speak for for not just me but you and i um so i immediately responded Quote, happy to hear you are safe. Be mindful that your recent recklessness and irresponsibility are examples to millions of fans, including kids that look up to you. And that comment garnered 353 likes. So from that, yes, became, I don't know, Jay, if you've ever experienced, like, you know, being into politics, watching American politics in particular, you know, we often watch segments and, um, you know, read things online where the trolls have come out and they come out and they attack i've never experienced it personally but sweetie they came out they They came out they came out we got a couple of shut-ups one person used like a barfing emoji yeah like barf (laughs) like our, our comment made you barf like are you serious ew ew i think some of it came from people feeling like or not being able to to get a sense that we're only commenting on one player's Instagram account and that this is the only player we're attacking. Mm. We have been clear that everybody is free to make their own choices. And in this case, all of these players made a bad one. Yeah. So we have, we can be full clear and transparent. We are picking a bit on Djokovic because he was the organizer of the tour and you know, but I think what is clear is I'd lost my train of thought. What the F? No, you know, here, I'm going to I actually wanted to jump in because I pulled certain comments that people posted and they because they came for us and you can get your thoughts together. Yeah. So there is a guy from from guys from Florida. So, again, if you're living under a rock, Florida is basically all covid like everyone 
is on the beach. They don't give an F. I mean, okay, maybe that's a, that's a dangerous generalization. There's a lot of people in Florida that care. But in terms, in, in um, compare, for comparison's sake, compared to other states in the United States, Florida definitely has an elevated amount of cases. So this bonehead from Florida at Seminarad came after us. He's the guy that called us branch COVIDian, COVIDian czars. And you know what he said to us? He said, quote, oh, get over yourselves. You're blaming tennis players for doing their jobs? Bitch, okay, no one's blaming anyone for doing their job. But can we just take a step back and realize that this is something that we have never experienced before? And we are just, listen, uh, yes, branch COVIDian czars is definitely, you know, a very strong term to allocate to us. But we are just wanting everyone to practice um, safety, particularly people in, you know, high-profile positions, because they set examples. Mm-hmm. So you want to call you want to call us like czars, like whatever. Go go back into your troll cave in Florida. We are czars of physical distancing and safety at the club. The I like tennis, that at the tennis club, and we just think that that's an example that they should be setting. And I think one of the one of the more interesting comments that was sort of a thoughtful comment that came from somebody who said, you know, we we should be putting ourselves in these positions and we really should be exposing ourselves to the virus so that we all get it. And we (laughs) do you remember that particular comment at Endrit underscore 94? Oh, yeah, I remember her because I wrote her down. I was going to let her know. Yeah. You know what? We're all to use his words. We're all getting soft. Like, what the F does that mean? We're all getting soft. Like, let's just have a COVID party. You know what? Why don't we do that? Let's have a whole COVID transmission party, throw in some babies, throw in some old folk, yeah. throw in some people that have, like, underlying medical conditions. And you know what? Let's see who's soft then. Yeah. Some other folks checked him, though, and said, my uncle yes. and my grandfather passed away. So how about a hard no on all of that? Yeah. One, one more, sorry, one more person I wanted to call out. This person has recently deleted her comments because, yeah, I scrolled through the, um, whatchamacallit, the thread, and I was, like, trying to pull her out because I wanted to put her on blast on our podcast, at Jane underscore C67. So, first of all, this woman is a neonatal nurse. She works in freaking healthcare, protecting and taking care for the most vulnerable people vulnerable people in our society little babies <laughs> little babies little, <laughs> little future go- tennis pros little future tennis pros little babies in <laughs> that in that wing of the hospital she checks in and she gets paid to make sure that they are safe and healthy and this girl comes after us and says you know what novak djokovic has his you know, he only organized it. Everyone else has their own minds. So you can't blame someone for attending the event and playing in the tournament when everyone has their own free will. Are you crazy? <laughs> like, do you not know that your job is to protect the most vulnerable, but you're putting out a statement like that? It's like it It was – this is why I cannot watch – the news anymore because there are some people that just live they they are the facts don't phase them they want to live in their crazy bubble mm-hmm. yeah stupid is as stupid does and she deleted her comments so you know what if she learned a little thing 
that would make me happy. Mm-hmm. So there were some folks who defended the tour, but defended Djokovic mostly. And, you know, let's, let's just be clear. He's a great player. No one can take that away from him. When, when Serbia won the Davis cup in 2010, I was all about that rise. And, you know, since then he's won 16 of his 17 grand slams. He mm-hmm. is the man he is. He was the wall against Del Poe in the 2018 U S open. He's, he's phenomenal, but he made a poor choice in orchestrating this tour and the players who joined him made poor choices. Yes. Gasquet felt that he is not the culprit. It was not he who put a gun to the guy's temples to demand that there be 5,000 spectators. It was the government that chose to accommodate these 5,000 people in one place. But it is sure that all these people were delusional. It was the only place in the world where we saw an audience like that. I mean, it was fuller than the Trump rally the, the day before. Were they expecting like a million people there? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, sure. Like that Wayne's World qu- quote, if you build it, they will come. So <laughs> it was built. I can't believe you just quoted from <laughs> Wayne's World. That tells you how old I am. They, it was built as an event for people to come. They came. The players came. Perhaps the fans were delusional, but the orchestra orchestrator of the event was also delusional and he has admitted as such so Gasquet please stick to the play the lackluster play that you had yesterday on court at UTS (laughs) Jay and I Jay okay Jay you work in fundraising I am a teacher if I we are in positions of responsibility me with children Jason with other vulnerable people if jay or i organized an event knowing that there was a possibility that where people could get infected the response i would be fired i would straight up be fired and actually i I wasn't planning on saying this but when novak djokovic posted his um you know official statement saying that he had tested positive on his ig i called for his resignation as president of the atp tour because again if jay or i organized anything like that and people ended up getting sick girl we i would be fired in a, in a minute it is it is just a bit irresponsible and it it speaks to whether he should have that leadership role as the tour is trying to do and the usta is trying to do an amazing job to ensure safety at these upcoming events, including the U.S. Open, which he himself questioned whether it was going to be safe and questioned some of the stipulations around entourage. It's just, mm. ugh, I don't know. I, we could continue to beat this to death. The last person we should obviously talk about is Dami. 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 Juicy Booty. Juicy Booty, who's at the UTS. And they were, <laughs> oh, yeah. they were asking him, actually, during his play about what was going on and all the COVID tests. And he sort of, you know, talked about how it was an emotional week and that he's been tested every day and sort of joked with the commentators in between court quarters that he is the most, (laughs) he's the most negative player on the tour, the most negative player on the tour. 
And we hope you continue to be the most negative player on the tour. Yeah. If it takes a swab every day, girl, then got to do it. So sorry, Juicy Booty, but it's to keep everyone safe. <laughs> so that is that. I'm sure there will be continued news and fallout. And I think what's maybe most concerning, which is but is hard to predict, is how all of this stuff is going to impact the tour going forward that resumes in August and mm. whether what what protocols will be in place should a player test positive and mm-hmm. how are how is everybody going to be kept safe because you know we know you can put all of these rules and regulations and stipulations and you know only a certain number of people can go here and every these players are going to stay at this hotel and and yada yada but we can only expect people to adhere to so much and there's going to be slip ups and there's going to be instances where they're not following the rules and it it's there's a high probability that players will test positive during one or more of these tournaments so what is the what is the process and will it impact the tournaments or the cancellations and that's another thing that Gasquet said he's he said that you know this is going to be ongoing for for the foreseeable future and he doesn't see it having a stoppage to tournaments should people test positive mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know you shared with me earlier that you listened to Patrick McEnroe um, discuss um, the upcoming US Open and you know if I'm not correct me if I'm if I'm wrong but you said according to Patrick that it, it really is the, the players should show up for the sake of the sport, for the sake of tennis, the players should show up to the U.S. Open because, again, if you have a bunch of top players that don't attend a Grand Slam, then does that devalue the Slam? You know, who's watching? If you're going to get half participation for whatever reason, out of fear, out of, you know, stipulations in your own country, and you have a, you know, a weak draw, and you get, you know, Peng Shui winning the women's title ranked... 990 I don't even know where she is in the ranking but you know she's like let let me let me participate in this tournament this might be my only grand slam win like does that yes that's a very valid question does that devalue the slams does that devalue the the masters tournaments yeah it's a it's a question to ponder it's like having won the Australian Open before the year 2000 yeah that's why Margaret Court should not be considered I mean, she she won all of those slams when no one participated in the Australian <laughs> Open, so she can she can also go back into her 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 cave. <laughs> I don't like her. Yeah, for obvious reasons. Right. So that that is that. Hopefully, nobody else gets sick. Everybody can maintain physical distancing, and we can get back to professional tennis and the experience we're all gonna have with seeing big matches with no fans yes yes um so our episode is gonna drop on canada day Ooh! so we wanted happy birthday canada i forget how old you are you were 150 (laughs) years old i think three years ago because you were sending those free national park passes to all of us which i didn't use unfortunately did did you and your did you and wade buy the coins we have remember? Wade. Remember? I think Wade started purchasing uh, coins after that 
150th birthday. So, but we have a whole slew of coins now in his collection. He's very happy about them. Oh, that's nice. So we wanted to just do a little reflection on how awesome <laughs> our country has become in the sport. And, you know, admittedly, as we were preparing to do this, we, we agreed that we don't have too many memories from our childhood of too much success from Canadians when we would watch the big tournaments or even the Rogers Cup, you know, previously the Du Maurier Classic mm. <laughs> for those smokers <laughs> out there. Uh, but our, you know, one of our biggest memories, I think, uh, for both of us was when the Daniel Nestor, the workhorse of the Davis Cup team, mm-hmm. had his first big pronouncement onto the tour when he beat number one player in the world Stefan Edberg in 1992 in Vancouver yeah I um I was 10 how old did you say you were you're 12 I would have been 14 14 so I was 10 and I remember like at this time my dad was really nervous about me being a little gay boy and he 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 um we're all still pretty nervous (laughs) <laughs> I haven't officially come out yet. <laughs> um, yeah, my dad was like, oh, look, because he had noticed that I had taken an interest into tennis. And he's like, look, he's he's a left-handed guy, and you could play a sport. You could be a success at a sport, so you should be like Daniel Nestor. And I was like, mm, okay. But it was it was exciting. It was exciting. I just remembered how, how much support he had received from Canadians all across the country. Had because that was pl- the first big thing. Had you played before that, or was this was your sort of Andre Agassi moment with your dad, where he's like, "You should play tennis." My my dad kept on dropping hints throughout like my young tennis career, and he would like point out male athletes that were playing tennis and be like, "You should play like him." And then, of course, because Daniel Nestor was Canadian, he's like, "Look, you could you could beat us." First of all, my dad doesn't talk like this. I don't know why I'm putting on this accent, but he's like, you, you could, you could play like him. You're a left-handed player. You could, you could be a Davis Cup champion. And I'm like, I'd rather be like Monica, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he wanted you to be like Grant Connell, who was also a lefty. Grant Connell taking us back. Yeah, I don't really remember much about Grant Connell to be honest. I remember him doing well in doubles. I don't remember him excelling all that well in singles i mean he had a couple third round third round appearances in wimbledon and the aussie open i think but yeah Mm. he won a few he made finals in doubles in the grand slams i'm looking here aussie open 90 final and wimbledon he made the final three times but never did he hold the trophy Oh, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I have a couple of Canadian tennis, uh, n- tennis player names here, and I just wanted to get your immediate reaction. Oh, oh good. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have no reaction, then that's a reaction. <laughs> okay, perfect. Do you do you remember Sonia Jayasilin? I remember the name. That's it. She beat Venus Williams in a tournament. I think it was either Hobart or Auckland. And she was kind of like after Patricia, Patricia Hiboulet, you know, there wasn't really a lot of female Canadian tennis players coming up in the ranks. And she was was the face for a little bit of time. Um, what about Maureen Drake? Do you remember her? Maureen no. Drake? 
No. Really? No. M- Maureen Drake. So she came up, I think, around the same time as Sonia Jayaseelan. And she was like a hard, flat hitter, both sides. And she went deep into a couple, not deep, but like, you know, third, fourth round, I think, into a couple of slams. So we had a couple of, you know, lady, Canadian ladies do well mm-hmm. in and the you, 90s. And you talked about Helen Kelsey. Helen Kelsey. So, yeah, a pair, I didn't know this, but Jason, Jason found out the facts. She ended up making a couple quarters, like a French Open quarter or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I remember her most... I am, the, uh, as mentioned before, the number one Steffi Graf fan. I remember watching that 1993 Wimbledon where Graf in the first four rounds dropped something like five or six games. And in the third round, she faced Helen Kelsey, who was coming back from injury. And she served her a pair of double bagels. We're supposed Zero. to be celebrating Canadian players, <laughs> <laughs> not celebrating their bagel and cream cheeses. <laughs> I, I know, I, but I, I, admittedly, that was the first memory that popped into my mind. Like, act, that was the closest that Steffi Graf, I think, came to winning a golden match. Like, she basically won all the points. Helen didn't, but it's okay, Helen. You, you made it to the third round. Yeah, I think you said she won 13 points, and obviously that day was unlucky. <laughs> right, right. So we named all of those players, but now we're sort of in um, a period where Canadian tennis is really on the on the rise. On the rise. Yeah, we have you know Raonic, mm-hmm. personality personified. <laughs> we have Bouchard, who is winning it on IG, if not necessarily on the court these days, but she made a huge run yeah a couple years what was it 2014 was her magic year 2014 and parts of 2015 but yeah 2014 was when she made two semifinals and a final in grand slam tennis and she got covid ova covid ova at that wimbledon final yeah where she was routed yes she was served only one bagel though Yes, that's true. Only one. One bagel. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Helen. <laughs> so we have all of these amazing talents now, and on the men's side, obviously we have Dennis and Felix. Yes. Dennis and, and Felix. And you know, pre-COVID, Pospisil was making his return from back injury. Mm-hmm. She was getting some results up in Europe. Yeah, she made a final against Mofis. Yes. Yes. And then uh, our girl, Bianca. Bianca. We're going to get you that lamp. We're going to get you. We're going to get you that lamp. Yes. And, you know, I'd say right now, those like Bianca, Felix, Chapeau, they're kind of representative. They're symbolic of the of this dawn of the golden age of Canadian tennis. But you know, we have new up-and-coming talent like Leila Fernandez, mm-hmm. who she made, made a, the Acapulco final. She made an She made the Acapulco final. Was on like a ten-match winning streak um, this time last year. So it's not like our well is running dry. We have like up-and-coming talent that it, that are looking to carry on the Canadian flag and get those slams. Mm-hmm. Get those slams, girls. I think what's important to mention within the context of this conversation is that all of these players 
had training and development within the national system here in Canada through Tennis Canada. And, you know, COVID-19 has had a really big impact on that. They've had to lay off a ton of folks. Our big national events here in Toronto and Montreal were canceled. So my hope is that the Tennis Canada folks can recover from this and the development program can continue because it's because of that program that these players are in the top of the game because we've actually invested here in Canada in tennis. Yes, sorry, one one more player we forgot to mention, Alexandra Wozniak. Right. Won Stanford and she like I I was like thinking to myself before heading to bed like, you know, there's always one player that you know, lights the match is the spark that, you know, uh, brings the onslaught of success for the rest. And I was like, who is that player that kind of inspired Jeannie and Chapeau and Felix and, you know, Layla? And I think Alexandria Wozniak wasn't necessarily, she might be, have been too young for that, but her success on the tour, I think, really made it possible for players to think, oh man, Canadian, we can do it. Mm-hmm. So, Clap, clap to Alexandra, who actually has her own tennis academy right now. Sweet. And, you know, Gabby Dombrowski as well. Yes. Multiple Grand Slam winner. Yes. I I think, no, but probably behind Nestor in terms of Canadian with the most slam titles. Right. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. And Pospisil (laughs) has one too. With Jack Sock. With Jack Sock. We will forgive you for that. That it was Why? with Jack Sock. <laughs> I, I like I like Jack Sock. Do you? I thought he's just not Republic, very Republican? nice. Oh, I don't know Is if he's a... Republican. I mean, no offense, but if you're Republican, I have to think twice about liking you. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless you listen to our podcast. <laughs> exactly. We take fans from every political stripe. Yeah. Red state, blue state. Anyway, I like Jack Sock. Jack Sock's cute. What happened to him, though? He he was on fire for a couple of years, and then I don't know if it was an injury, but he just kind of, yeah, he fell off the the face of the earth in terms of results, and he's been struggling. I mean, he's kind of, him and, like, I think of Jack Sock kind of like Sloan, like Sloan caught fire, she won a slam, went to the French Open final, fell off, so they're just kind of trying to find their game, and even more difficult now because of COVID, but, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it'd be interesting for us to do an episode where we assess the players who have won Masters 1000 events that aren't Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal and sort of comment on their trajectory because he is one, I think, of those players who's who's won one back in 2017. But, mm. you know, what, has, what, yeah, what, how's it going now? What, what had happened to her? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. I like that. Yeah. I like that idea. So anyway, we, we wanted to say happy Canada Day to all of our Canadian talent. We want you to consider supporting Tennis Canada. They do accept donations. I've donated before. So recommend you do that so we can keep that talent pool healthy and up and coming. Because, mm. you know, Dennis and Chapo and Bianca, they're all young. But we want to keep that pool. We want to keep more players coming up. Yeah, we want more slams for Canada. Exactly. <laughs> what else do we got? Well, I mean, talking about Vashek and Jeannie. Ooh. We, okay, 
listen, not only I, I'm very competitive with you, and I'm going to issue you a challenge, un défi. Okay. That's for those that don't know. That's the word challenge in French. I, I'm going to challenge you, because you love Vashek so much. I do. And I love and I the, and I love Genie so much. I'm going to challenge you, whoever can get our respective Canadian players on our podcast first by whatever means necessary. And I mean, we can go to ex insane lengths to get them on our show. What, I haven't. There's got to be some <laughs> parameters. What are the parameters? And what? Okay. Well, I hear you. I appreciate this, and I'm up for it. What? Okay. So. I clearly love Pospisil. I would love to have him on the show. You would like to... You've gotten cute and funky with Jeannie, and mm. you would like her on the show. So what is your pitch to Jeannie right here, right now? So glad that you you asked, because I have prepared a little statement. Okay. No, great. I haven't. <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay. Hey, Jeannie. Hey, girl. Hey, Jeannie. It's Aldwin. Remember me? <laughs> I'm the one that's messaging you at all times on IG. Okay, I feel that you and I have developed a very strong rapport, even though I've been the one messaging and you haven't responded or even looked at any of my store of any of my responses. <laughs> I do know a couple of things about you. Number one, you're in Charleston right now playing that um, local tournament. So good luck to you for that on that. Number two, I know that you love watching Netflix, and I sent you a whole list of recommendations of what to watch. Um, Stranger Things, Ozark. Girl, how did you like Ozark? I thought that I was the reason why you started watching Ozark. That's number two. Number three, I know you like a little designer. I used to work at Holt Renfrew. We could go shopping together, obviously on your black Amex, not mine. I don't have a black Amex. So I saw that you got a special invitation from Chanel. You know, you love a little Burberry bag. And so I like myself some designer. So we could be cute, walking down Bloor Street, have a little shopping day. And then after you treat me to a nice bag, we could have a little interview in our podcast. So come on, Jeannie. Get cute with us. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> well done. That was a good pitch. That was a good pitch. So. Yes, now your turn. Yeah. You, and, you and Vashik. So Vashik. If if you're listening, I know you and I would sort of keep it straight. We don't need bags. We don't need Burberry. We just need <laughs> we just need you and I a couple couple brews and some tennis talk. I know you and I have a lot in common, and I I know there's a lot for us to discuss on this podcast. You know, you are on the ATP tour council so we want to know what you think of all this novak kaka yeah we want to talk to you about your injuries and your recovery and your return to form we want to know how you felt making the wimbledon quarterfinal and losing to the eventual champion andy murray we also want to know about your experience meeting me in melbourne <laughs> at that hotel it was not a menage a trois. It was not a rendezvous. It was just an encounter where I said hello and can I take a photo with you? Do you remember? <laughs> Perhaps you don't. 
Perhaps you don't remember my comment about asking whether you were headed back to the tennis center and you kindly and nicely let me know that your tournament was complete (laughs) and that it was unfortunately just the first Wednesday of the event. (laughs) I apologize for that and not really paying attention to you in that moment because I was on vacation. That being said, help us tell the audience and help me explain to Aldwin that anything is possible <laughs> by getting you to come on the Ready Play Tennis podcast. Challenge accepted. Biatch. Clap, clap, clap. That was good. Right? I mean, if I was Vashak, I mean, I'd, I'd be on the show right away. <laughs> <laughs> so the parameters are we're going to use our Instagram and and our Facebook accounts to encourage these folks to come on our show. And I mm-hmm. admittedly feel like you have a bit more of an uphill battle than maybe I do. But because because Jeannie hasn't doesn't even care about me. Because Jeannie has like ten million followers. Yeah, but I'm the most important one. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> she is following your Netflix recommendations. She doesn't even know I'm alive. Oh. <laughs> you have your work cut out for you, but so do I. But again, anything's possible, and he's coming and on the show. Anything is possible. Everyone stay tuned. I, I swear to you, we're going to get one of those people on. And if they're not on for at least an interview, we're going to get some kind of reaction from them. Maybe they'll do a little video. Maybe they'll do, they'll put a heart on one of our comments. No, you know what? Let's not let's not aim low. They're going to come on the show. Yeah, one or both of them are going to come on the show. Maybe the the victory will be that they'll both come on at the same time. Ooh, juicy. And Jeannie. Who, and whoever pops on that Zoom first is the winner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, we're going to wrap things up. We're going to say Happy Canada Day to all our Canadian friends. It will be the 4th of July shortly thereafter. So Mm -hmm. to our American friends, please spend your holiday weekend listening to our podcast, wearing a mask if you're in those deep, deep states where COVID is running rampant, uh, but also sipping a beer and enjoying our show. What, what, What say you? Uh, I am going to echo those sentiments and say, you know, this is the perfect opportunity for you guys to like, share, review, and subscribe because everyone's going to be on a holiday. And yeah, we do it for you. We make the content for you. So happy Canada Day, everyone, and happy 4th of July to our American friends. Yeah, and email us at readyplaytennispodcast at gmail.com if you would like us to talk about something or if you would like to call us Branch Davidian covidian <laughs> branch covidian <laughs> czars Alrighty, guys bye bye hey it's your serve if you love this episode be sure to give us a five-star review and don't forget to share it with others and let them know what all the racket's about see what i did there and don't forget follow us on facebook and instagram at ready play tennis podcast see ya